Welcome to the Invest Local podcast, where we uncover the brilliance of local businesses that are slugging it out, serving their customers and giving back to their own communities. Check us out at vicinitycapital.com and give us a follow on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we are not making any investment recommendations, nor are we providing any sort of investment advice. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Derek Whaley, your host, and I'm joined today by John Crawford and Josh Rollins, the founders of Vicinity Capital. John, can you tell our listeners today just a little bit about Vicinity? Sure, Derek. Uh, We like to say that Vicinity is where financial capital meets social capital. Uh, We genuinely love business and, and believe in empowering local economies, and so we're providing a regulated funding platform where local businesses can invite their community to invest in their growth. And in doing so, we're, we're allowing for people to put at least a portion of their investment dollars closer to home. Incredible. And Josh, that, that tees you up perfectly. I heard just from John, small business, community, educating, that's exactly what we have today. So we would love for you to, pun intended, whet our appetite with uh, what we're going to be serving up today. Yeah, we're talking with Daniel Lopez, who's the owner of Time to Taste Catering here in the upstate. Uh, John and I heard his story of his time in Spain that shaped his passion for cooking and the relationships around, um, around eating and community. And then his journey to the upstate as an entrepreneur with uh, an interesting detour in between. But something else, he also experienced 19% unemployment while in Spain, which certainly has relevance to today's workforce crisis. So we want to be able to share his story and some business principles that he's learned along the way with listeners. Let's see it up. <laughs> All right. Gonna hey, Daniel, you're, Daniel, you're, you're late, man. You were supposed to be like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, that's really what happened. <laughs> Dude, for a Spaniard, I am way early. <laughs> yes, that is so true. That is so true. So, hi, Daniel. I'm, I'm hey, Derek. Nice to, hey, nice uh, to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so, it's funny that you say that. So, my mother is, uh, is Guatemalan. Uh, when her and my dad got married, she's always late to everything. I don't care if it's, you know, going out the door or a dinner party or anything. And, you know, she's always like, it's my culture. Like, it's, it's, Hispanics were always late. If you show up early or on time, it's offensive. Like, it's you don't awkward. Do that. So, I wanted to go back to the, to the very beginning. Josh had, had given me just a little bit of history, um, and I love your story. I love every great business has a story. W- growing up, um, I mean, earliest age where you could kind of identify with, wow, like I love everything about the culinary arts and cooking yeah. and, and all that. So um, I grew up in Spain. Uh, both my, my first memories of food are with my grandma and my, and my mom. They're great cooks. They just, you know, be like, we cooked out of necessity. And actually, the last time I was with my mom, she was like, I never actually enjoyed it. I just did it because we had to. But growing up, I did not know this. And she would just do it happily. She always sang while cooking. My grandma did too. And like my, the biggest memory of food growing up was uh, Christmas Eve. We'd all go to my grandma's house. She lived in a sixth floor apartment, no elevator like 700 square foot apartment and 40 of us would go in there and just take over one bathroom. So we're all packed like sardines and she would cook a feast. We would eat for hours and hours and courses and we would play games in between courses. It was just so much fun. 
Uh, and then growing up, my dad was kind of like an entrepreneur. He started a, a painting company. He'd paint interiors, exteriors. Uh, and then he went to night school to become a naturopath. So a natural doctor, a holistic doctor. And while he was in school, he would experiment with like healthy foods. Now, I say healthy with like big quotation air quotes because my mom cooked super healthy, you know, Mediterranean diet, fresh vegetables, fish, you know, lean meat. So we were already eating healthy. My dad's definition of healthy was adding raw vegetables to things that should never have been raw. So he would add like <laughs> a potato to a salad, you know, and he'd make this, he made himself sick one time making a raw onion and potato juice that he drunk <laughs> of all the vitamins. <laughs> it was horrible. So <laughs> and my dad's not that careful. You know, he's a great human, but he's not precise. <laughs> So when you're making a salad and you're putting onion, you want it thin and he just chunk it up. Right. And my first time where I thought I am going to cook was when my mom was sick and my dad was making lunch and he made this salad. He, I, I care. I know the salad portion was a part of it. I couldn't down it. Yeah. I could not physically <laughs> eat the salad. And he, I'd use the excuse that I'm going to throw up way too many times already. And he was just wow. like, no, you're not going to throw up. You're going to fit. And, you know, we grew up pretty, you know, uh, not poor, but, you know, we didn't have a lot. So it was like, you finish what's on your plate all the time. And so he was like, you're going to wow. stay here until you finish. And I was just like, my dad, I'm going to throw up. And he's like, at the end, he was just like, well, if you're going to throw up, you're going to throw up at the table because I don't believe you. And I was wow. like, really? <laughs> so I did. I just threw up right there. <laughs> I just could not, I could not do it. And from that day on, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn from my mom. And next time she's sick, I'm going to be the one cooking. Okay. So, so, so growing up, when did, uh, when did the trip from, from Spain to the United States happen? And where in the United States did you settle? Yeah. So I went from uh, Barcelona uh, or uh, at that point, I was right on the outskirts, outskirts of Barcelona in a city called Mataro. And I went from there to Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I was always like mesmerized by people starting something because they had a dream or because they had a passion. And with unemployment being 19%, you know, there was no way I could do that in Spain. So I, I, I did the big move. The only, me being me, I had not looked where Milwaukee was in like I would, yeah. the United States <laughs> map. I knew it was near a body of water that was not the ocean. And I knew it was kind of north. But apart from that, no clue. How, how long in Milwaukee? And then what, what brought you to uh, a warmer, warmer Yeah, climate? So I was in Milwaukee till 2009. In February of 2009, I packed up my car and drove down to Greenville. So I lived, I, I, I went straight from here to see my sister and she had arranged for me to stay with one of her friends. My first big event that I went to here was a wedding of a friend of my sister's. And went to the wedding and I just remember it being awkward 
throughout. I didn't really know these people at all. I was my sister's plus one. And I just remember the food came to the table in awkward ways. And the food was not good. Sorry, if whoever's listening. Uh, but it was terrible. And I just remember the, the rolls coming in at the very end. No, no. The butter came in first. And then the rolls came, came in like right before the dessert. And like, it was just awkward. The chicken was dry. The beans came out of can, you know. And I just remember like, wow, this was so bad. And a few months later, I, I asked this guy, you know, again, I have no shame. I was like, how much did you pay for your food, you know, at your wedding? And he's like, oh, I paid 65 bucks a person. And I was like, what? Like, Wow. Why? Why would you do that? You know, even if it's like customary to have a sit-down dinner, like screw custom. You know, when it comes to yeah. a yeah. person, you know, you want. So something. you saw an injustice. I mean, you saw a need. That, that so, and I think I can relate a little bit. I mean, you you generally probably got not I want to say angry, but like a little bit upset. Like, wow, you know, like you're seeing all this money being paid, and you see the finished product, and you're like, okay there's an opening here. There's, there's a, there's a way I can. Yeah. In my heart of hearts, I was mocking him. I was like, you're so dumb for doing that. But then as I looked around, I went to a birthday party that had been catered to and you know, it was barbecue and it was a drop off and then they left and the barbecue was dry and nobody knew what the sides were. And there were some people with allergies and no one knew. Right. And so then again, I was like, yeah. okay, this is the way it is. And it's like, People don't have a choice, you know? And then I started thinking and I was like, okay, so none of my friends should have to do this. Right. And none of, you know, if I'm around, none of my friends should have to have, you know, terrible barbecue or, you know, have a wedding that is awkward or let's, you know, if you're my friend, I'll help you out. I'll do this for you. Uh, I actually, my boss, my, uh, at the time, my, my painting boss was having his 50th birthday party and he knew that I loved cooking. He knew that, you know, I, you know, cook for some friends and things like that. And he was like, well, you want to do the food for my, for my party? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I came wow. up with the menu. And at that point I was like, I have no idea. I don't know what other businesses do. I don't know what the right way of doing catering is. And I struggle with that a lot for his, his event. Like, what is the right way of doing this? And I, 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 that kept coming to my mind. What is the right way of doing this? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, if the right way of doing this is having horribly dry chicken in an awkward, <laughs> you know, whatever, or... Yeah dropping off and leaving, I don't want to do it the right way. So I'm going to make mm. up my way of doing it. And if it's good enough for me, then it's going to be good enough for other people too. So I just remember I love that. coming up with the process. So again, we grew up, you know, not super well off and anything we ever catered, we did it ourselves. Like I remember my mom and me uh, making all the food for my sister's wedding, you know, in Spain. So I was like, okay, so if I had enough money to hire a caterer, what would I like, you know? And so I would like yeah. them to sit down and say, hey, let's come up with a menu. I would like to sit down and have like a tiny little party uh, 
as a tasting instead of just, you know, having a spoonful of something that has been frozen for who knows how long. I want them to come to my house and do like a little tasting with me and have a little party. And so we're going to do that, you know? So, and so coming up with like different yeah. ways that would be special. So that's, that's a, that's a great point. I, I want to, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. So when you're looking and, and I know it started with your, your friend's 50th um, party, but when you're looking at a, a party, a wedding, um, any type of venue event that you could be looking at, you come and, and meet face to face and sit down with with them and, and then instead of just showing pictures or talking about it, which you know obviously you do, you actually do a, a physical tasting of the different foods with them yeah. prior yeah. to the event. Yeah, so that's specifically for weddings. So when you're you're growing your business in those early years, um, was it incredibly hard? Was it a, a shoe in? Was it? I mean, did the referrals and, and and all these events just fall into your lap? Um, I mean, how did you how did you start? How did you grow it? Um, word of mouth, that and giving away free food. Um, as I did more events, I realized that people crave the the the, the social aspect that is Spanish food. Mm. Um, the gathering around, the not being uh, in time constraints, you know, not having like very you know, heavily scheduled things. People love hanging out and being able to relax and talk and gather. And um, I named my company Time to Taste Catering because I wanted people to take, uh, just halt their life for a little bit sure. and be able to just kind of realize what was going in their mouths, you know, and taste it and just taking a, a minute to see what was going on. Oh my goodness. So as far as, uh, I mean, so current, current challenges that, that you guys are, fa you're facing today, you know, or, or, or recently here. Um, and I, this is the, the part and it's been the journey that you've been on. It's been pretty, pretty incredible. Everyone can kind of attest to that, but looking at, at some of the biggest things I know for me personally, how I've learned how to be good at anything. And there's no question you're, you're a, an expert at your craft. What type of failures did you experience in order to, to arrive there? I mean, that's the only way I learn. Unfortunately, uh, my wife can attest to that for sure. But I mean, the, uh, what, what type of, of failures along the way, you know, brought, brought to where, where you're at today? I mean, is there a specific story where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do this again for, for the next <sighs> event, which kind of helped, helped lead you? Yeah. Um, I remember I did a wedding. Uh, this is not that long ago, maybe three years ago the contract had the date of the wedding. It was a Friday night. Um, and by the way, if you're from Greenville, we all know who this person is, which is awesome. Uh, and he oh, tells no. a story. I tell this story. It's hilarious. Uh, so this is a Friday. Um, and so my contract has a date, my emails now since then, and actually he was the first one I started with, my emails, if you get an email from me and you go to my website, it says like uh, contact info or something. I changed that and I put the, the wedding date on there. So it's very clear, you know, what weddings for who, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> my invoice had the date. Everything had the date. This was like a 175 person wedding at his warehouse. And um, we're getting ready. I sent um, three of my staff members there. And I was with some other staff and we we're going to go. So I was behind 
like 10 minutes behind my, my initial staff. And I get a call from my staff, uh, from my catering manager. And, and she's like, um, hey, Daniel, how far away are you? And I'm like, I'm like 10 minutes behind. And he's like, maybe you want to get here a little bit earlier. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm like, what's, what's happening? He's like, um, just get here as fast as you can. And I was like, all right, I'm on my way. And so I hang up and uh, I get a text from the groom saying, hey, your staff's here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like five minutes, five minutes away. He's like, okay, I just thought it was weird. I get there and like nothing is set up. There is <gasps> nothing. There's like sweeping and like dusting. And so I get oh, there with no. food for 175 people. And apparently the wedding is the next day. <laughs> and we're just, I'm like, dude, like, how is the wedding the next day? It's supposed to be oh, today. <laughs> oh my goodness. And of course, oh, I, have, I have two weddings the next Saturday already, right? And oh no. So it was super interesting. Um, That's pretty incredible. I just had to ask, you know, just because whenever there's so many people that want to start businesses, right? And and a lot of them burn out, but I mean, you're, you're the clear cut of, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never have to work a day. Right. And, and well, so when you do fail, you can pick that up. I, I disagree with that statement. I'm sorry. It's always okay, gonna, good, good, there, good. There are going to be times where it still feels like work. The, if, okay. if it, because if it doesn't, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it doesn't, but I know to me personally, yes, I love what I do. But it is still work. Uh, and there are days where I'm sitting at the office thinking there are aspects of this that I detest. I just, mm. I, I can't wait to stop doing this portion of it. Or I can't wait sure. for this day to be over already because, you know, it's, it's killing me right now. So, so your, your favorite part about, about it all, and you're right, it's, I mean, one of the things on, on, I know on Shark Tank and some other shows is when they talk about, you know, business, they, they're very upfront with say, hey, we want to, you know, promote and encourage and light the fire for a lot of this entrepreneurial spirit, but we also want to be clear how hard it is to own your own business, how hard it is to cultivate it, continually reinvent yourself, you know, make it attractive, and by the way, self-motivate yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, so... So I, I, I appreciate the honesty. So what are the things that you, that you love about it that keeps, keeps you going, you know, for like the golfers yeah. that are listening, that one shot that gets you on the green, <laughs> that, comes, that one out of a hundred shots, right. That gets you back. I mean, for you, what, what keeps, what keeps coming back? You love. Uh, I love seeing people. Um, the relationship part of it. So where people okay. start to build relationships uh, or continue to grow relationships and my business being able to facilitate that. So I wanted to circle back a little bit about the, the, the beginning and, and the business. I, one of the questions that I, I personally would really want to know, is, and I love how transparent you are, um, a common myth about uh, business, you know, especially uh -huh. starting one, being a small business owner, one of those myths that you'd like to debunk, right? You've already debunked, you know, one of the, the things that I said, I love that. So like one of the myths that, that you've seen that you'd be like, no, like, don't, don't be scared about that. Like, that's, yeah. that's not how it is. I mean, kind of for an example, for me, when I was in college, you know, and, and I went, you know, I had a business degree, 
full transparency, I couldn't tell you one thing I learned. All of my learning started after after college. That's how it was for me. But I was also, you know, a little different. But so when you're when you're looking at, at starting a business and what everyone says, and you're like, yeah, no, don't don't listen to that. That's that's a myth. I would say uh, two things uh, that first come to mind. One is don't even think about having everything figured out. Don't even don't even think about having 50% figured out. Um, you will, could, you're going to have to be moldable. Is that a word? Um, adaptable. Yes. You have to yeah. be adaptable. I tell people I live in the 75%. Like I think I have 75% of it figured out and the other 25, I kind of make it up. <laughs> The truth is it's probably 50% or less, but (laughs) I don't know. Don't be afraid of not having it figured out. And in in correlation to that is keeping your business. How do I say it? Um, People in a podcast uh, at arm's reach. So I got my arm out. Like don't keep it so close to you that, you can't change it or that you, Mm. it becomes so personal that it's part of who you are to the core Um, Mm -hmm. because then it's too personal. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, Um, no, no, it it, it absolutely, you know, not having it, you know, so close to where every little, you know, pinprick or or, or tiny stab you take so personally in Harvard, but being able to keep, you know, what you've built at a, at a safe distance away to be able to constantly, you know, look and get that 3d version. Cause if it's right next to you, right. You, you, you can't see it. You can see one dimension of it, right? But I, I love that analogy, like having that arm's length out where you can turn it, move it, and, oh, I missed the spot here. I can, I can correct here. Thanks for pointing that out. And, and no, then that's, you're able, that's a, and it goes hand in hand because then you're able to adapt. You're, you're able to adapt mm-hmm. quicker and uh, more effectively when you have to. Right. Well, well so that's, that's a good segue too. So, you know, uh, adapting. So today, right, we've heard a ton of the, the history and I, we appreciate that. I've just kind of, how you've arrived. And I'm personally, for me, I, having done my high school and college days in Greenville, South Carolina, and then departing uh, for, I guess, almost a decade now, coming back to visit, um, you know, my mother and my father, I can't thank you enough for, you're a big part of the culinary scene that's in downtown Greenville. I, I travel all over the, the country and eat in a lot of, you know, great cities, great restaurants, but Greenville has just absolutely exploded with flavor, experience, and, and you, you absolutely hit it in Greenville. It used to be in order to enter this, this, um, this taste cost this much. And now you don't, you don't have to do that. Um, and I, I love, I love seeing a part of that, but, but so today in, in your world, I mean, how, how can people, um, you know, taste, taste what you're offering, um, whether it be, you know, a full catered event or, you know, just, just wanting to, to pick up, pick up food and be a part of, of that experience to, today. Yeah. If you're not having a, a 300 person gathering, how can yeah, they? So we do uh, events. Uh, well, right now we don't do events <laughs> right now with, uh, with the pandemic, we are uh, at a big halt. So I started, um, all right, you want, you want another story? This is a recent story. I'm about to, I'm about to tell you a story. So pandemic, hit, pandemic hits about a month ago. I go to the office uh, Monday morning and open my email and every event is canceled through May. And actually I've had, I've had, now I've had events canceled in October, which is insane. But 
so I'm sitting at the office and this is end of Mar mid March and I see every single event cancel through May. What do I do? Cause that's all I do, right? I don't have a restaurant. I only do cater events. Uh, Segway, I do cater events and I hope to continue doing <laughs> cater events. Uh, we do six people to about 500. That's our range. Um, mm. Our smaller events, six to 12, 15, 20 people. Uh, depending on what you want to do, a lot of the times it's more of a, you hire a chef to come to your house and cook for you. So we can, we can design the menu really however you want. Um, and it's all custom per event. Um, and, you know, a lot of fun. Because for me, catering is never delivery. Catered, the definition of catering for me is something that's very specific and designed mm -hmm. for my client specifically at their event. Uh, and our tagline, as you said before, is no event is the same, no menu should be either. Um, I love we, that. We take I that very seriously. That. So we don't, we don't deliver, we never deliver, uh, or almost never deliver. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, as much as possible, we finish and cook on site. So that's that wonderful. to say, I have zero experience doing meal prep, or food delivery, or prepared meals, or anything like that, because just that's not what we do, right? So sure. I lose every event for two and a half months, and again, I'm like Mr. Adaptable, or I think I am, so I'm like, okay, we're gonna do prepared meals. I have no idea, I've never done a prepared meal, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what, is, what, what do people need right now? People need a social outlet, they need uh, good food to be brought to them because they can't go to a bar. They can go to a restaurant. Um, so I am going to deliver food to people's houses. Uh, and I'm going to make food. I'm going to make up a menu and I'm going to drive to their houses and drop off food. And then I'm like, I'm wow. also going to do a YouTube videos where people can like cook food and maybe like, you know, us four can see my video and we can, we're all in different places, but we can all cook it together, mm -hmm. you know, and whatever. So I've done a few YouTube videos. They've been fun. I'll continue to put them out just mm -hmm. at a slower pace because they take forever. Uh, but uh, so I do this prepared meals. I set up uh, Instagram. So I blast my Instagram followers. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to be making paella for everybody. Order it through Instagram. So DM me and I'll give you my Venmo and you can Venmo me ahead of time. So I had 34 individuals ask for food and it ended up being like, wow, I think it was a total of like 87 individual meals, you know, divided into 34 orders. So a lot more than I thought. And I was like, okay, I'm delivering 34. I'm going to 34 different places today. Uh, so I downloaded, I'm kind of OCD about, you know, scheduling and whatever. So I buy an app that is for deliveries that you can plug in all the addresses and it gives you a route that you can follow that's optimal. Brilliant. You know? And then okay. it also tells you how long you're gonna be at each stop. So I tell it, I wanna go to these 34 addresses and I'm gonna spend about two minutes per stop. Cause I'm thinking, stop, 
grab the food, go to the door, knock on the door, right, and then drop it off, say hello, leave, go to the next place. Well, like you said, timing is everything. I mean, right, and, right, 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 with fresh so, food, fresh ingredients, yeah. It tells me it's going to take you three hours and like 20 minutes to do this. And I'm like, cool. I'll give myself three hours and 45 just in case. Give myself a little patty, right? It takes I feel like me I know where this story is going, and I'm part of the problem <laughs> with what happened here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is going to get good. <laughs> so I start... No problem. Go to the first one, chat with the customer. And these are all people that follow me on Instagram. All these are, or most of them sure. have been clients of mine. They all want to know, you know, they're all super kind, wanting to know how, you know, the pandemic is affecting my business, my company. Am I going to still be in business too much from now? You know, how things are going, you know, everybody, you know, I love them all. They all care so much. Uh, mm. It took more than two minutes for stop. And oh not only, yeah, not only does it take more than two minutes for a stop, I never accounted for traffic. I kind of thought that the app would account for traffic and oh, uh, no. did not account for human error either. So like either they gave, you know, a client would give me like street instead of drive and then drive instead of street. Yeah. The app just decided they were going to pull from street instead of drive, whatever. <laughs> It ended up taking six and a half hours to do the delivery. And here I am going to people's homes as the owner of the company, right? Looking them straight in the eye, knowing that I'm two and a half hours late to do this delivery or yeah. three hours late, you know? <clears throat> and there is no amount of like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just <laughs> returning Venmos to people as I'm walking up to their door, you know, thinking like, anyway, after, I will say, no one was upset. And if they were, they didn't show it. Oh, I love that. Everybody I love that. Was, uh, the last delivery I did was for someone that I'd never met before, that had never had my food before. Um, she owns a hair salon in Simpsonville. And uh, I had been texting her, like, I'm sorry, I'm so late. There's like four people in front of you, you know, whatever. And I got to her door with the food. I had already returned, you know, her, her money and everything. But she opened the door, me fully expecting her to be like mean, because that's how I would be. <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, I would be mad, right? And she looks at me and she's like, do you want a drink? It seems like you've had a really hard day. And I just oh, sat there yes. and I was, I was just like, no, I'm not going to get a drink from you. <laughs> you know, like, but thank you. And thank you. Like she was so, so generous and so, so kind. Oh, um, so you, I mean, seeing 34, you know, people and going on that route. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So a lot of people were relatively understanding and I not mean, there's people, nothing more everyone. compassionate than, Everyone, everyone was under, I, everyone was understanding. Everyone I love was that. super kind. Um, I mean, mm. I was I was floored. I just sat in my car after that delivery, uh, and I just like I was just gripping my steering wheel because I was so stressed and like just kind of disappointed in myself and uh, a lot of negative thoughts going through my head, but also a lot of positive, mm. like you know this these clients of mine are the best was what kept going through my head you know 
the other thing kept going through my head was I am never delivering again. Like I will never, <laughs> never, never do this, do this again. Well, well um, that was my, my next question is, is, is this going to happen again? I mean, can I tell no, my mother or can no, I tell all not. my friends? Yes, you can tell your friends because our system, we have adapted since that point, man. The decision was, I'm not delivering again. The decision was, I can't go to people without being way behind schedule and being way too stressed. It's so much easier for people to come to me. So uh, since then, I have uh, been setting up with, there's a local place called community tap they're good friends of mine they're amazing oh yeah absolutely and absolutely great so place. now people can order and you can pick up at community tap which you know you can pick up my meal on fridays and then you know you can pick up some beer or some wine from them to go along with your meal and last week we did 240 individual meals um so that was, whoa yeah it's been growing and again this is where um just being able to adapt you know i obviously did not know what i was doing with the meal delivery and every week since then has been its own interesting adventure the first week where you know all the restaurants were closed and you know Mm -hmm. if you were in the service industry you know you were in a in a a pickle i just there's a, a another local place it's called asada they do, uh, um, it's, a, it's a taco burritos, uh, like concept tacos. There's some San Francisco style tacos. They're amazing. Uh, they're really close to community tap. They called me and they're like, Hey Daniel, how are you doing? We know you do cater events. All your catering events are probably, you know, done for how can we help you? And, you know, just out of the blue. Um, so that camaraderie is there and it's beautiful. Yeah, I, the relationships today that are you know being made and bonded. I mean, it'll it'll last and permeate for for quite quite a while. So, uh, well, I mean, I can't thank you enough for for your story. And and my my final was you know how how do how does someone get to be a part of you know the time to taste experience? And uh, so Fridays at at Community Tap is where is where you'll you'll show up, and they reach out to you via via Instagram. Is that how they can uh, get in touch and kind of. Yeah, they can go to uh, my Instagram page, uh, Time to Taste mm-hmm. Catering, and then there's a link to order meals. And I have different meals every week. You order, pre-order from Tuesday to Thursday, and then you pick up on Friday. After that awesome interview with Daniel, the team sat around and discussed it. An interview like that, just there's some really good principles, you know, of business, Josh, that, that come out of it. I mean, we got a guy here that, you know, we've heard necessity, um, but many times the extreme irritation is the mother of all invention. <laughs> and so he shows up, he shows up in the upstate, you know, South Carolina. And I like how you said it, you know, Derek, he saw an injustice. He spotted a need. Mm. And, um, and so, and he, at his, you know, at its essence, business is serving a need. And, and uh, Daniel yeah. has a posture of service. But interestingly, his employer had a posture of service towards him and really enabled him to actually get into business so that he could serve, you know, this this community. So um, and and his point of service is is clear. I mean, he built a value proposition around, you know, building memories and strengthening relationships. And the other the other big, you know, business principle, I think it's really cool that his story uh, accents is like literally paella as catalyst. Um, 
you know, there's, there's, says, you know, the, the old saying, what are you really selling? Um, well, clearly he's not selling the prep and delivery of food. He's selling enhanced experiences. He's selling intimacy at events in upstate South Carolina. That's what he's selling. And I think as businesses get in tune with what they're really selling, it'll take that, that posture of service that they already ha uh, have. They'll be able to connect at a deeper level and um, we'll be able to do more, you know, as a small business. So anyway, and he turned that around to connecting with people at their homes. He learned from that. Now he's got something kicking on Fridays that's really serving the community. So there's so much here, I think, that illustrates, um, you know, just good business principle and how it's being, you know, meted out, you know, in the, the community there in the yeah. state. So, yeah. And Bucky, I, 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 I want mean, this guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so much of what he, you know, what he was talking about of what, okay, what, how do you cater, right? Well, these are the steps you follow. And he's like, well, if that's the steps you follow, this is not what I want to do. So he innovated on, on what normal catering was and what that status quo was to be able to bring something that he would appreciate. You know, this is something that I would enjoy that I'd want to create. And so much of it was around the relationships and the community piece. It was an experience way more than it was just a service. And there you have it. Today's episode was with Daniel Lopez with Time to Taste Catering. Be sure to give him a follow on whatever social media platform you prefer and tune in next week for our second episode of the Invest Local Podcast. Thanks again for listening.